Hello, and welcome back to Sound of the Moment. I'm your host, Pat Cleaver, and this is the bi-weekly show featuring conversations with musicians about jazz, music, and more. Come back every second Monday to hear new episodes, and if you'd like to keep up to date and automatically download new episodes as soon as they get released, you can either add the show to an RSS feed or subscribe in iTunes. If you like what you hear and you feel like supporting the show, um, the best way to do that is to go and give it a favorable rating or review in iTunes. And alternatively, you can also just tell a friend um, if you know anybody who might be interested in this show. The best way I have to grow the audience is still to just tell people by word of mouth. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Cleaver, and there is also a Sound of the Moment page on Facebook you could look for. This is episode number seven for 15th of January 2018. My guest for this episode is the Catalan pianist Xavi Torres. He has just released a record entitled Unknown Past with his steady trio of Big Molina on bass and Joan Terol on drums. So let's hear a track from that album. This is The Unknown.
So my guest today is pianist Xavi Torres, and you just heard music from his new, newish trio record, Unknown Past. Xavi, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, I always like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves a bit. I can't be sure that everybody listening is going to be familiar with you, so maybe you want uh-huh. to tell a bit about your background and who you are. All right. Yeah, man. as you say, I'm a pianist coming from close to Barcelona, from Catalonia. And yeah, I studied there and then I came here to Amsterdam to just, I mean, this, the, to do the master. That was basically the excuse to to go abroad a bit and, and improve, learn both musically and personally. And and then I basically stayed here and here I am in Amsterdam, yeah, playing mm-hmm. around and and still learning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you... You study both classical and jazz at the conservatory, that's correct, right? Yeah. Um is that um is that something that's always been part of your life, the the two sides of things or Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I started I started the the piano kind of by obligation a bit because my older sister was playing it and um I had to do something like some extra scholar activity and I'm like, okay, damn it. <laughs> like, yeah, I have the piano ready at home. All right. It's good. Okay. So it's not like the first. So you didn't choose the piano, the no, circumstances I, like, shows. To, to, to shut up my parents kind of like, okay, okay yeah, yeah, let's play it. Uh, so they leave me alone. Yeah. And then eventually loved it basically. Mm-hmm. And then I started since we were in this little town in, in Catalonia, no jazz around me or anything, just started in the conservatory, like playing classical. Mm-hmm. And then I got into the jazz, but still always playing classical. And then I went to the to the bachelor for jazz, but still playing classical. And yeah. eventually when I come here in Amsterdam, I met this this teacher that was my, my teacher in the bachelor, mm-hmm. David Kauken. Yeah. And I basically just decide I wanted to have, le- have lessons with him, no? like this yeah. super inspir- inspiration for me. Like just, yeah. And then I, I did the effort to, which is quite an effort now. I see it in a bit with a distance and yeah. But so effort. you, you studied, you did a bachelor's in Barcelona before coming to Amsterdam, right? Yes. And that was in jazz. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, and so when, at what point did, and, and also why, I mean, I, I'm always interested in why people get into jazz in the first place, because it doesn't, it's not necessarily the most common thing for a kid to encounter. Um, how do you, how did that come about? Yeah, pretty much it's, it's true. Especially, I'm, I'm telling you, the south of Catalonia, my little town of less than 2,000 people is like, well, as many others, no, but like really no jazz at all in, in mm-hmm. your surroundings. But my, my father's, my parents are not musicians. My, my father, it's pretty, well, they are both quite culturally involved yeah but um and they had some like blues bb keen or it's only hawker mm-hmm. recordings at home and yeah pretty random like you know like no yeah just by the passion for it but not really knowing what but just and then i was playing the like i was in the school in the classical school and practicing and doing whatever and i just got yeah it got into me I would say for two things, when it's like the sound of it, like, mm-hmm. just like the cymbal, the drums, the, the recording of this kind of jazz sound that embrace you. Yeah. And then also the freedom, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. Say, damn, I can just play freely, no, more or less, but 
it gives more freedom to you than the yeah this it says piano and just play piano or play forte or whatever it's like <laughs> yeah i got into it i don't know yeah <laughs> but it, it is still something that you do right like you you moved away from the classical stuff for well moved away is maybe the wrong way to put it but you you studied formerly jazz and then you came back to classical music and now you're also performing classical music right yeah to a degree yeah yeah but still like since since short after getting into the jazz like before when i was i don't know 14 15 i was already like if there is any chance i i if if my path is going into music it's going to be the jazz or the improvised music rather yeah. than the classical because it it made me happier somehow mm -hmm. but still loving the uh, around that time i had this teenager hate about the the classical or what more than the music what it represents you not know, like this weekly lessons and school and you have to play these and now you have to memorize and yeah. like not so artistic or not the, the approach basically. But so is the reason that you went back to it purely because there was a teacher in Amsterdam that you were excited to study with? Yeah, there was a, a, combi a combination of, of facts, but that was, I would say the most important. And then, yeah, I came here and, and suddenly I had a lot of time. You, know, you go to a new city, mm -hmm. I didn't have concerts or like, yeah. really new then i saw that at the school for instance this there was a facility that if you study both things you pay the same for yeah, instance okay. like this kind of everything was like uh telling me you you should try to do it no and then but specifically this this teacher that i could he's uh, as i told you like the most inspired inspiring teacher i had and at the same time super comp comprehensive with my situation like yeah He's head, head, the head of the department, but he could understand that that um, um, I I also play jazz and I have yeah. some concerts sometimes, or I'm a, I'm abroad, and then he could yeah just understand. But then when we were lesson, just yeah, hundred percent for okay. him for the music. But so, what would you say that um, I'm always interested in people that have had a formal classical training? Mm. What would you say that actually brings to your jazz playing now? Besides. I suppose the obvious thing is technique, right? That's mm. always the thing people... In yeah. fact, typically in school, you will get lessons in technique from classical teachers, which is the only way you're going to be exposed to classical music. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, or is it just <laughs> is that just sort of the main thing? No, I actually would say it's not the main thing. Mm -hmm. Because also you can get the classical, the technique without studying this classical. Like yeah. Just be even more specific with the class like if you want to i don't know have faster fingers or the octave whatever mm -hmm. you can just practice specifically that yeah. and not uh i don't know uh, <laughs> so not of a screaming might yeah. not give you that no? mm -hmm. but but of course it also comes there but then the sound like the control of the instrument rather yeah but you couldn't relate it to technique but not really like just yeah the 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 control and the details of the what what you can do with the instrument, you yeah. can be more more nuances on it, and then also the the approach, like the sometimes not always of course, but sometimes in jazz, what I on the jazz wall or scene, what I don't like, it's or it's not my, it's like this more the approximation to the things. It's not really like concrete. They're like really getting into. Yeah. The detail and say, I want to sound like this, or like this is my approach to this piece. Yeah. You know, since in classical, it's really 
like it has been done for centuries. And mm -hmm. Like you're playing some whatever Brahms and these thousands of recordings, you really, they get really deep into it. Like really like, yeah, okay, really how do I want to play this bar? Like, yeah. you know, like the precision, the, and the, the precision and the detail. And so this more as a state of mind, like, because it sometimes it's just can be not always. And the good ones for me or the ones I like the most, they are mm -hmm. not like that, but still this feeling of, ah, I play like this. And then it's, whatsoever no that it's not really well thought or well yeah you know didn't get as deep as you could into that mm -hmm. i don't know it's not necessarily it might not be necessary always but it's just this yeah the approach i don't know this and would deepness. you would you say that because obviously you are you're a composer as well as a performer you you wrote all the music that's on your new record and yeah. um would you say that and this is maybe an obvious question, but you, would you say that the, the study of classical music is something that's influenced you as a composer? Yeah. 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 But once again, I would say it's, it's not so necessary. It's just, I mean, you can also like, we could, uh, for sure, you know, tons of them of composers, like just composers that are influenced by classical music yeah. without having to do a bachelor. No, that's but true. But still, like it comes basically with this, like being involved in 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 this environment for I, I did three years in the school, like having these weekly lessons, have, like being inside this, like playing this this maybe these harsh uh, pieces like Scriabin Sonata mm -hmm. or or Bartok like, that you might not play otherwise. I would have not played maybe. Like you might go for easier stuff. Yeah, that also give you like the the yeah the classical i don't know harmonies or whatever but not getting into such a more complicated pieces but for sure so it, it's mm. just like getting for three years inside this and playing whatever scriabins or brahms or bach every day yeah, yeah, yeah. so the discipline i suppose yes um maybe we should talk a bit about your trio um first of all you maybe talk a bit about the the people that join you in the in that project it's been a I think your relation specifically to Joanne on the drums is, yeah. is very old, right? It's old, yeah. We met when I was 15. Something. It's Joanne Dole, uh, drummer, yeah, for those that exactly. don't know. Also Amsterdamer yeah. at the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's basically, uh, I, I said it many times, I think I learned the the rhythm kind of with him. He's older than me and, and mm -hmm. I was 15, like playing some jams with him or... He he played with me at my entrance exam at the jazz bachelor. Yeah. Since then, always just learning how like, I don't know the four and or you know the, <laughs> all the jazz approach. And then with the bass players, Big Moliné that I met yeah. in Barcelona, and and they were playing already with Joan in other projects. Yeah. And basically, just worked for me. And then. I, I don't know. It just we just kept playing. We recorded mm -hmm. two CDs. I like the um, so far. I've liked the the thing of having a, a stable band. You know, like yeah. a, like a, now the bass player lives in Barcelona, and and yeah. we both live here in Amsterdam. But still, I try yeah. to keep it. I was going to say, how does that go? Because I mean, I have experience of of that as well. Working with people mm. that that don't live in the same country as you, and yeah. and need to fly in to to rehearse or record or do concerts or whatever it is. Um, how have you found that that process? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just 
came to to us, no? Like you find your your yourself in in that situation, and actually, I would say it's it's less hard than it seems, or so mm -hmm. far it's been for for me or for us, because somehow we play also a lot in Catalonia. So then, when mm -hmm. when we're there, we have like the logistics part there yeah. with him, and then when he comes here, we are also here. So have a place to stay or. So how it works, it says that it's, of course, harder, as you might know, yeah, to, to rehearse or like to play more yeah. often. But, it, I mean, to to bring it to the music itself, um, hmm. it seems to me like the music that you write would require quite a bit of rehearsal, right? Yeah. Um, and so do you, do you get together for sessions for like week-long periods of working or how, how yeah, does that work? Yeah, we've, we've done it. For the, for the recording, for sure, we mm -hmm. need like, like just using taking advantage of when we go there. Like maybe if Juan has to go to Catalonia to play whatever, and then he's already there, mm -hmm. then I fly and then we rehearse some some days yeah. there, or always trying to, yeah, to to find spots to to do like, yeah. maybe we never did a week long, but yeah, like two, three days or something, just yeah. at the same place and the whole day. Yeah, because you do go back and forth still quite a bit to Barcelona, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean it's cheap. <laughs> and, yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. And it's close. It's just yeah, this, yeah, just two hours flight. So and so is what is the what is the scene like there? Is there a lot of places to play? Can you? I mean, people. What? Mm, how does it work? Do you? I wouldn't say there is a lot of places to play. No, but. Um, no, there's a lot of musicians, like good musicians. Yeah. It's a bit um Yeah, I mean it's it's hard, but still somehow there is this point that maybe I'm from there, so and yeah. I stayed there, so they still know me and, mm -hmm. and I get some gigs, but it's still hard. Like it's hard everywhere. Yeah. But how would you say it's different from Amsterdam? I mean, I always feel yeah. like people talk about Amsterdam being the melting pot of all these international um, yeah, yeah, I. It's hmm, somehow in Amsterdam you have more these connections, like this international mm -hmm. connection. There is pretty much like just Spain. Yeah, even more because Spain is quite big, also. So yeah. from Barcelona to Madrid, you have like five hours. Yeah, by car, so you don't really. It's not that easy to do like one gig in Barcelona and then another. Madrid. So it's yeah, actually quite like the Catalonia scene, mainly Barcelona and then mm -hmm. other Madrid or the Basque country. There's quite some things in Andalusia in the south now. And then, then it's really like focused there. Like it's hard. There's great musicians there that find it harder to move around Yeah. somehow. While in Amsterdam, it's maybe because they, there is more history of this music also. Mm. We had Franco till the seventy-five there, so and yeah, then, it's true. Then, yeah, so it's still getting there, and then also I don't know. There's less help from the public, public help like yeah, subsidies yeah, yeah. or anything. So it's hard. I find Amsterdam more more active in a way, like yeah. more happening and more inputs and outputs of music. Like mm -hmm. people don't come and leave. I don't know. Like. I wouldn't have met, you know, Buma Levin, no, this this South yeah, African, yeah, for example. Yeah. Like he comes to Amsterdam, and then he like you have more of this. Yeah, you make a network for yourself yeah. outside of the of the country as well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it seems to me like you're well implanted in the scene here, um, despite the fact you haven't, objectively speaking, you haven't been here that long. Um, hmm. But I do feel like you are, you're one of the people that have sort of made that decision to participate in the local scene. And I mean, you won a bunch of like Dutch prizes and you've been involved in touring through the Netherlands and, and, and sort of work outside of the, the typical school circuit, so yeah. to speak. Hmm. Um, is that something that you sort of made a decision to do? Is it something that just happened? And also like looking to the future, is that, does that show an idea of you kind of plan to stay here for now or is there... Yeah, yeah. For now, I'm 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 staying here. It's yeah. For instance, I finished the classical last June, so yeah. I was still in the school. Not I was just doing like one lesson, and mm-hmm. so it was not there every day, or whatever. But still, like, the feeling of this kind of the school bubble, no, like, yeah. you're safe there. And then, so this year is the first year actually that I'm just in Amsterdam for the sake of being. You know, like I don't have any kind of obligation or, yeah. or strong reason rather than my commitment to say, okay, mm-hmm. I'll give it a try here. And then it's true. I had this, this, this opportunity of the Dutch competition or like the, it gave me the beep store, you know, the VIP. Yeah, and VIPs. Yeah. That gave me a bit of, yeah, like, I don't know how to call it. People heard my name or like, I, I feel I'm more into the scene. That's true. Than some other of my colleagues from the school. But also, yeah, I try. Like now, it's it's my main thing now after the school. Just yeah, try to get into playing with the amount of great musicians that mm-hmm. is around here. Yeah, um, maybe we should talk a bit more in detail about the the records. Um, there's a few things that that struck me. Right. Um, one of the most obvious ones, um, I think, is you. Besides the traditional piano trio, you've added some Rhodes and some Hammond organ and I guess maybe some Wurlitzer here and there. Yeah, very true. Um, first of all, is that something that you recorded um, live during the playing? Or some of it sounds like it could be. Some of it sounds like it's probably produced. Like, that's that's how it is. <laughs> okay, so you you went back and, and overdubbed stuff? Yeah, okay. yeah. And then, I mean, whenever it was not possible to play it live, basically. Yeah. But the... I mean, for instance, it's a Hammond that it's all, always just as a, as a, a layer. It's yeah, not, yeah, so yeah. that was always overt up. But then, for instance, with the Gurlitzer, yeah. the, the, some songs that I like, we I was actually switching. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was a new thing. It was, and we could do that because we had a three days in the studio in the Power Sound Studio, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, in Amsterdam. And, so it was like the, for the first time in, in my life, kind of like having time in the studio. Like yeah. you can not, not this struggle, always the stress of, okay, we just have two hours. Let's, yeah. we could, oh, let's try this. No, I, I don't like the roads here. Let's try the Wurlitzer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like, you know, <laughs> having a bit of this, this, yeah, this time, which was amazing. But that's something that it happened in the studio. It's not like you went to the studio thinking, this is where the roads goes and this is where the Hammond goes. I had some not really clear ideas like that could work here or not but then I didn't I I don't know if I ever played the Gurlitzer actually or mm. so that was this I discovered in the, school, in the studio and I had like <laughs> ah it might work here the roads but then I played the Gurlitzer and it was way better and I'm like yeah, yeah. The, I, I think eventually we I played way more the Gurlitzer than the roads yeah it sounds like it to me um, 
So how what how is the, your experience of that? Because it's obviously a completely different sound um, coming from somebody who you you said it yourself a while ago that the attention to detail and sound and and all that stuff of your classical piano training. Like, what? How do you approach the electric sound? Um, mm, I wouldn't. I would say I'm not super. I don't know much about it, basically. Yeah. Just okay. The the good leader in the studio was really great, I think, and and yeah, it gave it a different a different sound. Somehow, I mean, this thousands of, of piano trios and, yeah. and all this stuff no so it just for certain spots of the music it it, it seemed that it was working better for mm -hmm. that melody or for this um, bump or, or so it, yeah it was pretty much um, yeah on the moment like say yeah i like this this thing yeah. here just play but it how do you feel it changes your playing when you're mm. I'm more restricted for sure. If yeah. if I'm not, there is no solos on the on road or Google it or anything. Yeah, okay. it's just always. So it's more like a color thing mm. rather than, than yeah. playing the whole thing. I mean, I can and I like it, but still, if that's what you mean, I am more restricted when yeah. I play the. I don't have the. I mean, already happens when you play like a good piano or not as good piano. Like you don't get the the response from the instrument that you spec in a way. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So although it can be nice, like for instance, the roads can be great, but since I've been playing the piano the whole yeah. my life, I expect maybe some more attack that I don't have there or something. It's just different. But yeah, yeah, yeah. since I don't play it as much as the piano, it's, I'm not as comfortable for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and so maybe to to go over this the the actual process of recording. You say you had three days. Yeah. Um, how? What what does that look like? You're in the studio for three days. You know what repertoire you're going to record, I guess. Yes. Yes. Um, how is it all basically arranged and more or less ready, or do you? Because it seems to me like three days is should be long enough to to also experiment with that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We change, for instance, there's this this song called Hope that mm -hmm. we were expecting to do it with uh, in trio and I eventually did it in solo yeah. because we thought in the studio that that could work better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one also because the music is complicated. I took three days and Yeah, okay. And and also the concept a bit of the of the of the whole album is quite like with all the overdubs also like kind of produced for, yeah, a, yeah. for a for a jazz album so to say i mean yeah. could be more could be less but on the average for me it's like it was quite well thought and all these kind of complicated rhythms and yeah it really went into a bit of this thing like going into detail like i really want this song to to work yeah. by itself yeah that's interesting i mean it it seems like there's a like there's a more premeditated aspect to it than than a lot of people are constantly about trying to seize the what happens in the moment and everything. And there's there's an interesting balance in your music, I find, of something that's extremely controlled and yet obviously quite free. Yeah. Um, mm. Do you do you also approach? Um, I'm interested in your compositional process. Um, when especially when working with a trio, it seems to me like it, it's it's often possible to somewhat arrange things together and, and things and a lot of um 
a lot of your music is very arranged. Like it's that mm. typical piano trio thing of um, extremely tight um, kicks and, mm. and very sort of written out stuff. How much of that is actually just all on the page when you bring it to the guys or how much of it develops? Mm. Quite a lot is on the, on the page, I mm-hmm. would say, but still, yeah, that's, that's the good part of, of having, like having played with these guys for, for long that like they, like we have kind of the same idea of the sound more or less, of yeah. course, different, but, and they are quite involved in the, in the thing also. It's not like the Simon mentality at all. Yeah. So for sure, there's always freedom. And this, this song called Diti, the, the actual rhythm, it's from Joan like this, it's mm-hmm. in, like in, in five, but then it's divided for three, four, three. That was like, Joan made up this thing. Yeah. And then I rearranged, put in this thing, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, mm, this, this is the freedom of, of, yeah. for them to just, yeah. Okay. Put so they, upside they can down bring everything. stuff to, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing, um, this is obviously a completely, well, side note, but, um, the album is released on Bertolt Records, right? Which is a German label. How did that come about? How do you get to go know those guys? And they were, they were at the Beam House when, when the Dutch competition happened Okay, and they liked it a lot. And, and that was in June and then we recorded in November Yeah, and they would just try like a bunch of of uh labels and they were the ones that, that yeah. answered in a in a best way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind okay. of. so yeah it's good i don't know it look they they helped a bit and they are they're like a lot young label like yeah. 10 or something years and but super nice people and, and trying to like make their best and and they help yeah, and they're so, quite they're quite involved with a few people in the Amsterdam scene. So yeah. that's also why I'm I'm interested in and what the process is like working with a label because it it seems like a dying thing somehow. Yeah. Um and yet there are still people like them that are Yeah, yes, it's weird. But yeah, I don't know. For it just works. Yeah. It also happens a bit for Germany or like Yeah, of course. Internationally. Has there been a, a sort of echoes of that? Are you are you getting opportunities to go and perform there and stuff or is it should happen like it looks like they they got some reviews and and then yeah. this the just ahead thing they yeah, of course. and then from there on let's see yeah okay um and again i'm, I'm gonna take another completely weird left turn here but yeah. um i feel like this is something that Maybe a lot of people talk about when they talk to you in these situations, but I I find it fascinating. Which is, you uh, uh, when you were young, you were really deeply into tennis, <laughs> um, and I know this is completely outside the yes. scope of this uh, this podcast, but I do find it interesting. Um, you were sort of on a kind of close to professionalizing level of, of yes. tennis playing. Yes. Um, <laughs> how? What did? Was it tough to leave that behind to go into music? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, and it's hard to explain it sometimes because it looks like music wasn't important enough to you, no? Mm-hmm. Because, nah, but it's not this. It's just that you love both things. Yeah, that it's like living. I don't know. People question, what do you? Who do you love more, your father or your mother? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's hard. No? Yeah. Um, still, I knew I, I wanted to to get into music at some point. Mm-hmm. The thing with the tennis that it's 
just it's a sport it, you you have to do it when you're young otherwise you yeah you're I guess. Old. so that that was a bit the stress like ah if i leave it that's it no yeah while, while with the music i could but then i mean it is like at the moment when i had to decide when i was 18 if i go to barcelona for the bachelor or or i give it a try for the tennis i had to i don't know i put the things on the table and yeah. saw that the music makes me more i don't know yeah. happy but do you draw for any sure. parallels between the two things because i for sure from where i'm i obviously i'm i'm anything but um a professional sort of <laughs> um sports person i i can't i can't really necessarily relate to that aspect of it but especially as far as tennis is concerned it feels like there must be a lot of um it's a very mental thing as well, right? Like yeah. it, it has elements almost of chess playing in the, in the idea of, um, reading your opponent and stuff. But then there's also a lot of being in the moment and trusting your instincts and, and, yeah. and reflexes and everything like how. Yeah. And it's super, like you relate a lot with your feeling of, of that it's today and it changes. So it has this kind of magic part that, that you can you can be playing incredibly well today and tomorrow somehow you your surf just doesn't work mm-hmm. and, I mean or it works way worse and you don't yeah. really know how it is like the feeling so you have to deal with it like mm-hmm. which is also quite close to the music no like it yeah. just changes one day you're more inspired and the other less and you have to figure it out to play yeah. as, as good as you can. It, there's this this book. Uh, it's called the Inner Game of Tennis. Yeah, of course. You know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the bass player Orazi Fumero. He's a bass player that played with Tete Montoliu. Yeah. This Catalan. He made the Inner Game of Music. Right? He, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he recommended the Inner Game of Tennis. You that play tennis, you will <laughs> like it. Yeah. And it's basically this: like this guy talking about the tennis mentality. It's yeah. just you can apply it to the music. Yeah. Also, because it's an individual sport, so mm-hmm. you find yourself there yeah. alone, as you find yourself every day practicing and yeah. then struggling with your fears and with your insecurities. Like yeah. uh, I don't know, you know. So it's, yeah, it's funny. It's sort of a book. It's from the seventies or something. No, this yeah, book. And, yeah. And it's it, old, for sure. it has led to a whole bunch of like of other like yeah. um, and a whole philosophy of things. I feel like the. Kenny Werner's thing of effortless yeah. mastery owes a lot to that. Yeah, it um, looks related for yeah. sure. Um, sure. No, it's interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm interested also in, in maybe talking a bit about the the different things that you do as a sideman. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that for one thing, you've been playing a bit with um, this violin player, Hosan Philippens, right? Yeah. Um, is that, is that, cause she's a classical musician, right? Yeah. Um, is that actually playing classical repertoire stuff or? Yeah, but we combine it. It's not still, I didn't play, I, I, I will freak out when I do just a solo, a classical concert with Roseanne. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but we do like a combined concert with her sister also, with Julia. Philippines. Yeah. Okay. So we play both. Yeah. I actually played yesterday. Yeah. Okay. With them and it's, um. Yeah, it's like a combined thing. They find some relation with... So we play some classical, then we play some jazz. Mm. Then we play, and then they mix also. Like, yeah. Roseanne comes to play some kind of jazzy thing, mm-hmm. and then we might play the Bach double violin concerto or yeah, something okay. like that. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's super nice. Yeah. A, I love it, actually. Is it, it seems to me like you're you're kind of the perfect candidate to do that. I don't suppose there's that many people around that... 
Yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know, but uh, it's it's fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun. If I like, I find myself well there, mm-hmm. like enjoying. It's, yeah. it just fits somehow. Is that the main outlet for your sort of classical um, stuff? Do you do other? Yeah, like- n- not now, not now. Maybe some little thing. I'm playing in January with the uh, with the Dudo Quartet, but I'm gonna. M- mostly improvise maybe we play some classical okay i'm not yeah. really like i had the this climax of the classical exam and now yeah. i'm into other things mm-hmm. um like i i got busy with more jazz stuff so it's it's a bit on the side now yeah, yeah, yeah sure but it's it's there I'm, I'm waiting to have a bit more time also to work yeah i have something in mind for like solo piano just combining both things and yeah. this kind of stuff and so what, um, is there any other projects you want to mention? Um, I know this Quintet Trempera just released an album. Um, Trempera, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's, I like this man. They are my closest friend. Yeah. Almost. I think that's, that's the main thing of the band. Like hmm. you, it's the friends playing. So that's, I like that thing. Then I don't know, like this bunch of of bands that I play here Buma is still around like he's he's back to South Africa yeah Buma still, Levine he's coming yeah, guitar player guitar player I hope to get him on the show at some point if he's around. yeah he's uh, coming I think yeah he's coming back here for sure yeah. then Werner van Rossum I play a lot with him with his big band or in quartet yeah we have this duo also with uh, Laura Jabon the oh, singer yeah. yeah now it's a bit also in the side because she's doing a master and in life mm-hmm. electronics and but it's also yeah. I love her basically yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then like the gigs with whoever it's whoever I can yeah I guess that's always the way but <laughs> so is there any stuff that we should be looking out for like releases and stuff I mean like I say Trumpera just released a thing yeah but... Trumpera the albums uh, no no not much more now I'm planning to to record if I have time solo on mm-hmm. on 2018 yeah and then maybe some do, or I don't know. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm guessing people can just go to your website and sure. or whatever and, and keep in touch with that. Um, so finally, I always ask people um, if there's something that you recommend people check out. Um, it can be a movie, a book, a th- whatever. You've already mentioned The Inner Game of Tennis, which is yes, one thing that that's I a, personally also would recommend people check out because it's quite interesting. But Yeah, um, it gets a bit boring in the middle, <laughs> like, like all the tennis part, but... But it's coming from a tennis player. I, I mean, I, it, it wasn't boring for me, but I would yeah. imagine like just like all the tennis titles of the training or. Yeah. But, but the, what you take out of it, it's brilliant. I, I've recommended it to, to Joanne, for instance, Joanne oh, yeah. Carol and, yeah. and other friends for sure. Mm-hmm. And it helped. They told me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But is there anything you. Yeah. Something else. Um, let me recommend this. This. Uh, this band from Barcelona, it's mm-hmm. uh, the Gramophones All Stars Big Band. Okay, it's this big band. It's a smaller big band. They have like three trumpets and two trombones, something like that. Mm-hmm. That they combine like more jazzy with Jamaican and 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 yeah, Caribbean a bit, but especially okay. Jamaican, like the ska, the reggae. Uh, yeah, thing. okay, yeah. And uh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's really really works like. Like this kind of half party music is like you have the the groove and the yeah. but super well written and 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 yeah like really interesting to listen to. Hmm. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Deep. Um. Cool. 
Well, um, Xavi, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, my and, pleasure. Um, we'll hear more music from you in a second. But, um, but yeah, thanks. Cool, thank you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Xavi Torres. There'll be more music from him at the end of the show, as usual. Please visit soundofthemoment.com to find show notes and links to Xavi's website, which is where you can go and buy his music and obviously find more information and his tour dates and all that stuff. I'd like to thank my fellow members of Katrio for providing intro and outro music. And if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear them. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. On Twitter, you could do that at Pat Cleaver, and you can also go to the Sound of the Moment page on Facebook. As usual, the best way to support the show is to add it to your RSS feed or subscribe in iTunes and give us a favorable review or rating while you're over there. Or, like I said in the beginning, you can also tell a friend. Word of mouth is also probably the most effective way I have of growing the audience for this show. I leave you with more music from the Xavi Torres trio. From their album Unknown Past, this is Hesitatio. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Sound of the Moment. Thank you.